What is up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. It is Monday night, December 26th, and you are listening to episode 170. We hope you all had a very Merry Christmas with your loved ones and that you got everything that you wished for and that you, uh, you know, just enjoyed uh, the day off around friends, loved ones, watch some football, won your fantasy football playoff matchups, all that good stuff. Uh, we hope that you had a Merry Christmas and also, you know, enjoy these last few days of 2022 as the Jordan year is around the corner. 2023 uh, is fastly approaching, so we hope that you all um, have, you know, fun plans, something going for uh, New Year's as 2023 rolls around, uh, but... Today, we will be talking about what we're thankful for in 2022, Texas Tech style. So we're giving out what we're thankful for that happened in the 2022 year. We're going to dive into Texas Tech's bowl matchup against Ole Miss, which is Wednesday night, and then a little basketball talk before we get you out of here. But to catch what we are doing here at Tailgate Talks every week, you got to follow us. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the Tailgate as we said, all we want for Christmas and 2023 is those five stars. And if you listen to us on Apple, leave us a review. Also, give us a follow on social media. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Instagram and Facebook as well. And we have a YouTube channel where we're posting clips from each week's episodes. Uh, last week, we uh, did a Mike Leach wins draft. That video is currently up there on YouTube. This week, we'll probably post our or what we're thankful for uh, for the Texas Tech 2022 year and all of that stuff on there uh, for you to watch. So subscribe to that channel to catch those clips. And lastly, if you have anything to add to the tailgate comments, questions, or anything for the show, you can email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. All right, Dustin. Well, hope you had a Merry Christmas. Sure, um, I hope hope you enjoyed your time with your family. Um, and we are back here again to record our final episode of the 2022 year uh, as 2023 approaches this weekend so we thought to kick things off for this week's episode before we dive into the bowl game before we recap another ass kicking by the texas tech basketball team let's go ahead and discuss what we were thankful for in 2022 as texas tech fans so dustin i'm gonna kick it over to you to start things off for us here 2022 what had you most thankful for as a red raider i think i'll start you know from earlier in the year with my couple things there um i'll kind of go one or two at a time and go to you got about three or four here so i'm gonna go with mark adams keeping the basketball program afloat you know yeah. this kind of goes back into 2021 as well but it really came to fruition in 2022 we had big wins against the team down south and especially sweeping yeah. him and the former coach that left us kind of for dead that everybody kind of thought and were freaking out about, but he wouldn't say revived the program, but kept it rolling 
without any hiccups, really. And uh, that was a great relief. He is still undefeated at home, which yep. is pretty crazy. Um, 20 plus game win streak there. And I mean, we've sold out pretty much every game for him since. So I'm very thankful for Mark Adams and what he's been able to do and level out the, the crazy ship that was left with him. Yeah, that's a good one because there was a lot of doubts uh, from not necessarily all of Texas Tech fans, but, you know, the Goodmans of the world out there thought yeah. Texas Tech would crash and burn. And not and to mention, back to, you made the Sweet 16, no big deal. Yeah, <laughs> made the Sweet 16, and you played a really good game against Duke uh, yeah. in the Sweet 16. So number one you, pick, Paolo. <laughs> yeah, so a uh, pretty good year. in la- Yeah, like you said, you started off the 2022 part of it strong with wins over Kansas and and wins over Baylor. Um, yeah. And yeah, of course, you swept Texas last year. So, yeah, thankful for Mark Adams. Um, I'll keep on the coaching thankfulness here, and I'm just going to be – I'm going to take out Joey McGuire for yeah, us here. I'll, I'll pile on with this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll stay on that coaching theme to get things started. But I'm thankful for Joey McGuire and bringing energy and oh, yeah. all of this – back to our Texas Tech football program, which desperately needed to get back on track. Uh, and in one season, one full year with Joey McGuire, things are already starting to look yep. bright. The future looks right. great. Um, yeah. re- recruiting, which we'll get into, but winning games, beating Texas, beating Oklahoma, a lot of things in there. Uh, winning at home, giving us a reason to show up at the Jones. Again, just super thankful for Joey McGuire and the energy that he has brought back into the football program, yeah. which has coincided with a bunch of donations and a bunch of improvements yeah. coming our way. And so really none of that is possible without having a head man like Joey McGuire. And like we'll get into recruiting in a little bit too, but like best recruiting class we've had in over 10 years in the first year, like that's almost unheard yeah. of. Like, unless you're like a blue blood kind of program and we're not. And I mean, he's by far the most energetic coach that we've ever seen and known. I mean, Leach was charismatic in his own way and had an electric offense right. on the field. But like personality wise, he was, you know, just kind of a weird dude, but not right. super energetic like that. Yeah. You know, Cliff yeah. was kind of the same way. And Matt Wells just kind of sucked. Tuberville just kind of sucked. So yeah. very different and energetic and quick story we got to meet joey mcguire at chimney's last week uh yeah. he was just in the back room celebrating signing day with his coaching staff and having a few margaritas and whatnot and uh came to wish our friend tori happy birthday and did a dp shootout with her and exact same dude he just came down the hall hey who's tori i heard it's your birthday <laughs> same dude all the time awesome. going <laughs> so yeah very thankful for him and the staff he's put together and recruiting class and just energy nonstop. I'm glad to be here. You know, like yeah. we've had a couple coaches also previously that mentioned that weren't even glad to be here. So yeah, I had him. Gets it, gets West time. Texas, gets the culture, gets the fan base, just like yeah. understands like, all of it and embraces it. And even on top of that, I don't know if you saw today, they had bowl practice. He invited Every any member of the Texas High School Coaches Association to come come watch practice. Yeah, so tweets and like that's just part of getting it and making those relationships and whatnot. Like yeah. that's something that most coaches don't do ever. Yeah, and never losing like his roots. You know, never never right. 
never throwing those out the window, always realizing kind of like he said, when we hired him, he's like, I'm a high school coach coaching yeah. college football. Like he still embraces that. And so just, yeah, uh, really yeah. cool. Really, I'm really excited to see where, where he goes this in 23 and 24. Yeah. Yeah, the, it, it just feels yeah, it just feels like the future is so so bright now when it seemed so bleak for so long. Yeah. So finally, nice to have that energy back in the football program. We were, yeah, I was, I was very tired of saying, "Is it basketball season already? Wow. When is it yeah. baseball season?" Stuff like that. And now you can be like, "Hey, is it football season yet?" Like yeah. you can say that and and mean it. So yeah, football's been kind of dead the last few weeks. It's just being the in-between bowl season and then recruiting comes around and we get pumped up again. Yeah. Yeah. So Dustin, I'll kick it over to you again. What else are you thankful for? uh, Do you want me to stay stay football or go back to basketball? I got one of each left. Uh, Let's stay right with the football right here. Okay. It's going to be a little twisty turvy for you. I'm thankful for the three quarterback system that we had this year. <laughs> wow. Because <Shocker. laughs> it ended up working out that we had three competent quarterbacks to get us through 12 games. Yeah. Each of them started four of them. And without all three of them, who knows? Some of those games yeah. could have gone south. Like we needed all three of them in very critical points of the season. And I know we were making fun of and hated the whole, like, we're going to use all three of them. Well, we needed to by the end of the year to get through yeah. a lot of these games. So I'm thankful that we had Chuck and Morton and Donovan and all of them are good in their own right and competent and whatnot and ballers to get us through and win some games all on their own. Um, so we're thankful for all three of them and their three quarterback system. Yeah, and to kind of tag along with that, I'm thankful that we hyped up the quarterback room like we did before the season oh. started, and it kind of panned out yeah. that way. Because we all like not not just tailgate talks; it was talking right. tech, it was rambling Raiders, yeah, it was yeah. like every podcast were like, we have such a deep quarterback room, and it came true. All three Ooh. of them won important games for you this year, yeah. so and played important moments for you, and so you were able to see that actually come to fruition, and it was yeah. really nice. And you don't get here without having those three quarterbacks and the unfortunate injury luck that we have not thankful for that. Um, But yeah, yeah, I I like that one. I'll, I'll, I'll switch sports over here. I'm going to take it to, to baseball real quick. And, and I'm thankful for Kurt Wilson and his heroics in 2022. Uh, The dude lived for the moment and you can't tell Texas Tech's 22 story without mentioning Kurt Wilson and his stealing of home to beat Texas yep. and his uh, grand slam walk off to beat Texas and just a bunch of other moments that he had throughout the season. So uh, I, I can't not mention Kurt Wilson and yep. what he was able to do in 2022 for you. And his final season as a Red Raider, yep. um, Kurt Wilson will be a Red Raider legend on the baseball diamond. So had to give him a shout out, Dustin. Any any baseball thankful that you have? I had that. That one lower on the list. Wasn't sure if I was going to mention it. Glad you did. Um, that's all I had for baseball. So. Okay, I figured since you had a basketball one, I, I would take the baseball yeah. one there and kick it back yeah. to you and see what you got for basketball. My, my last one here, and it's going to be an individual award, kind of like you just gave, but it's the emergence and growth of Adonis Alarms from okay. last year's basketball season. Yeah. Without him, you know, he, he got the uh, – Honorary Brandon Francis Sixth Man of the Year Award that we love to give out. Um, 
without him like becoming the pseudo point guard last year, like shoot, we couldn't even got, get the ball up most games without him. Yeah. And I mean, you could, he was a six year guy, had matured and grown a little bit every year, like kind of a late bloomer, everybody called him, but man, he really came on for us and was one of our cornerstones and best pieces last year. Like great, just overall player, leader, energetic. I mean, I think he really put a staple on, Hey, I'm here when he spin moved and then dunked on Matt Mayer down in Baylor. Yeah. You got a shirt of like, that was kind of his coming out. I'm here to stay. I moment, I feel like, and then, man, he was just such a dude for you all the rest of the year, especially in big 12 and tournament play. Yeah. He was really fun to watch and I'll throw in some other names on the basketball list that I'm thankful for one Bryson Williams and thankful that we got to watch him in a red Raider Jersey and just watch him go to work Uh, during big 12 play. He was uh, really never a disappointment throughout conference play. He showed up every game, did what he was going to do and just consistently dominant on offense. That was really fun to watch. And I got to shout out Kevin O'Banner because he was a part of that team last year that made it to the sweet 16 run. Uh, and he's back this year. So we get, you know, one more year of getting to watch Kevin O'Banner and he's kind of been carrying you points wise this season, putting up like 20 points a game here recently. Um, been really, really fun to watch him attack the glass, uh, hit some threes and then just go to work down low. So I felt like you couldn't not mention Kevin O'Banner with him being the big returner from last year, but you know, I'm also thankful for Daniel Bacho, who didn't get a lot of run last year, but has been amazing so far this season. So, yeah, uh, I'm thankful for his emergence. Big time. Um, more on your list. Yeah, just beating Texas, man. We <laughs> had a lot of wins over Texas in 2022. In everything, yeah. In everything. And you don't normally have that. We beat him in baseball. We beat him in basketball. We beat him in football. And Five so, and one. I'm account. very thankful for All that. Right, there. Yeah. Yeah, you lost one baseball game uh, in that three-game set. But other than that, you know, lots of wins over that university. Even the women's basketball team got a victory (laughs) over them in Austin last year. So lots of winning against Texas is always really fun. And we just don't have a lot of those years where you get to say, like, you dominated them like that, including a football win. So, um, yeah, thankful for that. Good one to throw in there. That's yeah, had do to horns down for the people listening. Yeah, horns down. An appropriate time to do horns down. We are the guys who determine whether it's appropriate time for swag surf and when it's an appropriate time to do the horns down. That was an right. appropriate time. Any other little things you got for 2022? That's the little list I had. Like I said, looking forward to more what Coach McGuire can do with this yeah. recruiting class, and looking forward to talking about them in just a minute. Yeah, as this is the last time we will talk to you guys in 2022, next week, catch us in 2023. We'll we'll be kind of looking ahead to the 2023 year uh, and looking for uh, things that we want to see from, uh, you know, this sports program in the 2023 year. So check back with us this uh, this time next week and, and catch all of those from us. And then also, members, subscribe to that YouTube channel where we'll be posting this video. You can comment with things that you're thankful for, anything that you thought we missed. Uh, you can throw them on the comments, and we'll maybe we'll shout them out next episode. Yeah. Uh, some of the things that you know we, we might have missed. But that will do it for our 2022 year in review, things we are thankful for. Uh, one of those things is Texas Tech football again. So let's head over 
to the football field and discuss some recruiting and the Tax Act Bowl. All right, Dustin, before we get into our bowl preview, our last football preview of the season, last week was uh, we was signing day, and it happened right after we released our, our episode from last week, so we didn't get to touch on it at all. Uh, but Texas Tech lands the number 23-ranked recruiting class in the nation, a very successful signing day for the Red Raiders. Not a lot of drama, as most of the guys that you had committed. So let's just kind of run through some of the names. And then, Dustin, I'll let you talk about uh, some of the guys that intrigue you and how you think about the class. But uh, you had Isaiah Crawford, the post kid from Post, who you've uh, had committed to you for a while. Uh, he signs with you. Jordan Sanford, a defensive back from Mansfield. Uh, he has signed with you. Brendan Jordan, another defensive back from Mansfield, uh, signs with you. You got Dylan Spencer. He was kind of the big drama there at the end. You got him to flip uh, from Texas, uh, oh, and he yeah, commits. Yeah. He commits at the kind of at the end there. He's a defensive lineman from Houston. You got Anquan Willis, uh, Nick Fadig, an offensive lineman uh, who commits to you. Ansel Nador. Uh, defensive lineman Tyrone West, a receiver. Jake Strong, your quarterback in this class, commits to you. Kelby Great. Val, yep, yeah, definitely. We we might have to do a recruit, Strong quarterback name. <laughs> recruiting um, names draft <laughs> at some point. Dang, you're right. Kelby Vassen, a receiver. Dylan Shaw, an offensive lineman. Daniel Sill, another offensive lineman. <clears throat> Demarian Crest Daniels, another receiver. Macho Stevenson, that goes in the name, good nice. name list. Macho what Stevenson. He, he is a, looks like a cornerback, defensive back. Ah, oh, needs to be a big man. Yeah, then you got <laughs> Jamari Davis, uh, athlete. Jaden Cofield, a defensive lineman. Braylon Rigsby, a defensive lineman. Chapman Lewis. Caden uh, Carr, an offensive lineman from Amarillo. Justin Horn, a linebacker, or is Justin Horn the Texas flip? There, I can't remember. Uh, no. I think Justin Horn might have been the Texas flip. I think you had that right before the. I don't know. So many names. So many names. Amir Washington, Marcus Ramon Edwards, a Lubbock kid from Trinity Christian, uh, Miguel Dingle, John Curry, another Lubbock kid from Coronado, Tradarius Brown, and then a couple guys we'll sprinkle on here at the end. Uh, these are transfer portal guys. You got CJ Bakersfield, who is transferring from San Diego State. Quincy Ledette, who is transferring from Louisiana Monroe. And the latest transfer portal guy, who we kind of talked about, Dustin mentioned, I think last week, Rusty Stats from Western Kentucky uh, committed to you, too. So lots of names there. one out there that hasn't been formally announced, but has been. Yes. Let's go. What do you call it by the let's go tweet by the coaching staff? So we got another one somewhere. Yeah. So we'll, we'll wait to say that name until it's officially announced. Um, But we're expecting speed and a possible wide receiver. Um, So Dustin, now that we've kind of ran through all those names, wanted to go ahead and give each one of those kind of individually a shout out your thoughts on this successful signing day for the Red Raiders and Joey McGuire. Yeah. Coach McGuire's fingerprints are all over this. Um, this class one, he wanted to recruit the kind of 806 area, big time West Texas area. You know, we got post kid really early on last year when he got here, that post kid, I've ref his games. Um, he's a, 
definitely he looks the part. He's an athlete. He still might be a little raw because obviously he's playing higher two A football, not four or five or whatever. Right. Um, and coming off a knee injury at the middle of his junior year, but he's a good athlete. Um, but you heard a lot of Brooks saying Lubbock, Trinity Christian, Cooper. Like to get that Cooper kid, keep him in house. That's awesome. Yeah, that post kid's good. Trinity kid. I mean, keeping kids around here is great. You get a Coronado kid, a Curry kid, Trinity Christian. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? El Paso. That's West Texas. Amarillo. Brandon. <laughs> so you did a great yeah. job there. And then the other thing he wanted is he wanted size. He needed O and D lineman, and he wanted speed. And you can. Look at Baylor the last few years. That's their game plan, and it works out really well a lot of times. Size and speed plays really well on the football field. That's why Baylor beat us this year. They had both of those and kicked our ass on both ends of that. So the size part is there. Um, I know, like, I saw a stat from you signed six high three-star or better O or D linemen, which is in just this class, which is more than you've signed in the last five years combined. So yeah. that's really good. And like you just overall stuff, like you have 13 high three stars or better, which is just as many as the last five years. Like you got to start with a better baseline and floor than we have been. And that's exactly what we're doing here. Like four, four stars is more like that's even like, that's such a low bar <laughs> to jump over. Yeah. He already did in one year. Um, and like he just already has better quality coming in and better size and better speed. Like there was a stat, I don't know who's keeping track of this, but like some of these guys have like speed tags or ratings. Yeah. They're super fast. <laughs> and we had one of the top like five classes of speed in the in the nation. So we're getting lots of fast guys. Yeah, that was fun to see. And, you know, a lot of times when you see the coaches, when they get recruits, they're like speed, speed, lots of speed. They were, they're hyping up. We're yeah. going to be one of the fastest teams in the country next year. Um, but, yeah, you know, just uh, fun to be back into recruiting again, you know, and, and not really have a dramatic one. You know, we were able yes. to, to, you know, we didn't really have any guys flip last minute um stuff like yeah. that like you knew who you were signing and you expected all of them to sign and they did sign and you signed like a full like starting uh, like yeah. a full team like a full roster right. you signed 23 <laughs> or 24 kids 24 which is awesome because obviously yeah. you need bodies and you, start you know matt wells was only getting you know 18, yeah. 19 maybe 20 at the best and like that's just not enough to grow yeah, yeah. And you got like a full, like you could throw out all the offensive guys and defensive guys and play 11 on 11 against sure. each other. Like you just covered everything. Spread it, spread it around. Yeah. Yeah. You got the quarterback in the class that, you know, ever since you got him has just kept kind of rising and rising and rising and Jake strong. And, you know, yeah. and like we said, great name. So you can only expect great things from it's, that. it seems like they did a really good job of pinpointing a lot of these guys early yeah. last year. Yeah. Cause there was a lot of dudes that started to get, you know, better ratings or whatever. Yeah, that does. Schools. Um, yeah, that defensive back that you had that ended yeah. up decommitting and going to Ohio State. I think you had an offensive lineman yeah. who ended up flipping to Auburn a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but. you lost some to some big 
big, yeah. big schools, which is fine. I mean, that's that's fine. You went to Ohio State, Penn State, Auburn. Like, okay, all <laughs> right, really yeah. There. But you only, yeah, I think you only lost like four or so of those kind of flips. I mean, you didn't get screwed like Baylor did, losing the tenth quarterback in the nation on right, Sunday yeah. to Oregon last second that you didn't know about. Like, you didn't have any of those dramatics. Yeah, I'm thankful for that. Did you see the kid who like decommitted from Notre Dame, went to Oregon, then flipped from Oregon to to Oklahoma last minute? <laughs> yeah, well, his girlfriend girlfriend plays soccer at Oklahoma, so <sighs> I guess they just kept working him, and he was obviously not very committed to anybody. So <laughs> yeah, obviously transfer portal year one inbound for that guy. Um, yeah, unless he, he really breaks up with his girlfriend. Yeah, everybody yeah. will go try to get him. transfer portal. Uh, and you'll, you'll see his name come up as soon as transfer portal. Everybody will be like, of course, of course, just because uh, of that. But, hey, good segue there. You mentioned transfer portal. We got a cornerback that's fast. San yeah. Diego State kind of going to, you could say, replace Reggie Pearson, you know, on the depth chart or whatever you want to say. Um, and then that center from Western, Western Kentucky, Kentucky was yeah. very highly wanted across yeah. the country. And All conference. Canada. All conference player has as many has a shit ton of starts, uh, you know, behind him. Like so three years straight. <laughs> yeah. So in a guy system with Hamby. Yeah. And the kid we got last year, so we can tag team them together next year, hopefully with some health. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Yeah, but things looking up. This team does it. These coaches do a good job of, like you said, identifying what they need, finding the guys for it, and identifying like kind of talent that might have not been discovered yet. And so, you know, it always remains to be seen. Like, you know, there might be some names that we never hear of play for for Tech, but it's definitely. A, it, but when you have twenty four guys in the class, uh, you have more chances of succeeding uh, with some of these guys than if you only have eight, ten guys, like some of yeah. those Wells classes that had, like, nothing. I mentioned off the top earlier, like, this is our best class since 2011 by far. I mean, yeah. and that class was number – have it in front of me – number 19 in the country. We've only broken the 30 mark one other time in that span in the last 10 years. And a lot of those are 50s and 60s, a couple 40s sprinkled in there, even a 70 sprinkled in there. Like yeah, I said, well, you're starting with a very low floor with that crap. Yeah. Like, and a lot of those guys just don't work out. I mean, this 2011 class, I'm just reading through it, and it's like, damn, no wonder Cliff was good his first year. You had guys like Jason Morrow, Kenny Williams, Loraven Clark, uh, the two Morales brothers that played O-line for a long time, uh, Bradley Marquez, Brandon Jackson, DeAndre Washington. <laughs> Yeah, was you Jakeem so in that class? Guys. I think this is one of your favorites ever, Delvon Simmons. Oh, yeah. Out, just to let you all know, <laughs> he didn't work yeah. out. <laughs> but you have a lot of dudes that were really good on that team, that worked out, that were high level, and also went to the NFL. Like That's what you need, high level yeah. to start with, make them grow some more, and then compound on that with next year's class. Yeah, we're not expecting top 10 classes. We just want to get guys that are can be productive. And then, you know, we believe that we have a coaching staff now that can take those guys and turn them into future four-star, five-star guys that yeah. we just hadn't had a coaching staff that been able to develop the guys that they're getting. And so that's the other key piece is, is how these guys grow once they get here and, and what they become. So excited for all of that. 
we have a bowl game coming up Wednesday night. Texas Tech oh. taking on Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels in the Taxac Texas Bowl. Uh, excited for this one. So, Dustin, just your thoughts on this game and facing Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday night, Ole Miss is favored by three or three and a half wherever you look. Um, but they've had a lot of their team kind of stick around. So you don't have the whole like, oh, they're going to have guys go to the draft or transfer portal. No, they got most of their team. So you're going to have a very even matchup. We kept most of our team. I know Reggie Pearson's out, Donovan Smith's out. That's about – and uh, Bleedy, that's about the starters that play that are kind of out for us. So not a lot, not a lot of big guys. But, I mean, you hear Lane Kiffin, you think, oh, he's going to want to throw the ball, score a lot of points. But actually they're a really good run team. Yeah. They're – I think third or fourth in the country in rushing yards. Um, they have a freshman running back who's a freaking beast. I don't have his name in front of me. Um, but he's like 150 yards off the SEC freshman rushing record. So if you don't think Lane Kiffin knows that, <laughs> you'd be dumb because he's a genius and knows all that stuff. So they're going to definitely try to run the ball through him a lot and make us pay. But we've been – Mostly good with the run this year. When we face a pretty elite runner, kind of like this or Deuce or Bijan, that's so when great. it gets a little sketchy. So that's what worries me is how are we going to try to, you know, keep him corralled, I guess would be a good word to use, um, and not let him bust any loose on us and get that 150-yard in that record. Um, so yeah, like you said, or I said, do you think Lane Kiffin just wants to throw it? I want I want them to get into that throwing yeah. all the time and get away from him in that run game. That's what I would like them to do. Yeah, just for me, like, and we'll get into the offense and defensive stuff a little bit more, but, you know, it's exciting to every time you get yeah. to go up against the SEC, Big Ten, you know, one of these Power Five teams, it, it it's a good comparison, right? See where you are against yeah. some of the – same tiered teams in their conferences. It's always fun to play and beat an SEC team like you did last year against Mississippi State. And, you know, gives you kind of that momentum as you roll into the next season, right? You come off a big win that jolts even more energy into the program and you kind of ride that wave into the next season. So this is a practice time. (laughs) Yeah, extra practice time. I know we're going to get some of the younger guys who haven't got a whole lot of snaps. I know they've gotten – you know, a lot of extra yeah. practice time and they might see some playing time, especially when you take into fact, like, like you said, Reggie Pearson gone, um, bleeding gone. They, the NCAA said redshirt freshmen can, can play, play in the bowl game without risking Losing, any eligibility. Yeah. So you might see a couple guys that we haven't hardly seen yeah. this year or saw really early on. We haven't seen the rest of the year now that this doesn't count against eligibility. Yeah, that, that's a cool thing that they were able to do. And now you can kind of get these young guys some playing time, just kind of see what they're made of, throw them in uh, for a couple snaps and just see what happens. So yeah. it's exciting. It's it's a fun game. As It'll fun, be fun to play against Lane Kiffin. It'll be fun to play against a team like this in the SEC, a guy like Jackson Dart, just a great quarterback name. Quinshawn Judge Quinshawn Judkins is the running back Judkins. who's got. I knew it was a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a mouthful of a name, he but they got a two. Stunning. They got a little two headed monster at running back there. With, yeah, a 
Quinchon and then Zach Evans, the former TCU running back, who's almost got a thousand yards himself rushing on oh, the yeah. season. So, uh, yeah, so they have more yards on the ground this year than they have yeah. through the air. Um, if that tells you kind of how balanced this team is. Uh, and how much they're going to try to lean on the run. But offensively, let's get into some, kind of some yeah. stuff that we expect for the Red Raiders in this game. What do you expect from Zach Hitley and this Texas Tech offense in this bowl game? God, I wrote down one thing in giant letters. Run the damn ball. <laughs> A common thread throughout this season. All year. No, that's what we want. That's your best two players. It helps your offensive line. You have big tight ends. Use them. Let those linemen run forward. Give Sir Roderick the ball on his last game. You know, if Brooks gets hot, give him the damn ball. Yeah. Whoever's hot, give him the damn ball. Don't get away from it. Don't get scared of it just because, you know, they have maybe some more bigger boys than you do. Um, I'll have a little bit more on that after this little point. But run the damn ball against these guys. Everybody's been able to run on Ole Miss this year. So yeah. use that. And, I mean, we saw what we could do like that against Mississippi State last year. Maybe that happens again, and it was amazing. That's what I want, number one. Yeah, I'm with you there. That's exactly what I was thinking back to last year, how you had, you know, you had that month of time to get Taj Brooks and Sir Roderick Thompson back to, like, peak health, and you were just force-feeding them the ball, and it was great. They were getting, like, chunk yardage every single yeah. time they got the ball. Um, and then it really opened up the passing game for Donovan a little bit later. That I think that's obviously the key offensively is just to keep riding them, hand them the ball off. Don't get scared if a couple runs don't work early. Don't fall away from it. Um, and then it'll open up the passing game for whoever's going to be quarterback. Um, but, yeah, run the damn ball. And I think all of Raider, Raider Nation agrees with that. We've been talking about that almost every game. Uh, run the ball. You got two beasts at running back, and you got a third beast at a running back, too, in Cameron Valdez. So you have a lot of guys you can run the ball with. You have a good quarterback who can run the ball in Tyler Shuck, too. So I don't see why you shouldn't just be running the ball. This should be a game, a quick game, I think. With It really teams. should. You think it's not with, like, Kitley and Lane Kiffin, and they just want to light up the scoreboard and throw the ball over the place. But really the strength of both both teams is to run the ball. And they're running backs. Yeah. So why not? <laughs> yeah. It, it could be a quick, quick game as like Maybe. two drives a piece in the first half, two drives a piece in the second half. Uh, uh, who knows? My second point, which running the ball would really help this point, is Shuck's accuracy. Yeah. And because that will lead to, I guess, my third point or whatever, but it all kind of runs together. You got to be able to string together plays and first downs and long drives because one, it gives your defense a break. Yeah. Two, they have just more bigger guys on their D line and just all over the field just because like they have that SEC recruiting depth. We got to be able to wear them, wear them out and take advantage of that. Like if we can not go three and out, get yeah. some drives and first downs and get down the field, even if you just get like two first downs, that gets you – 20 or to 30 yards, now you're punting, got better field position for defense. And already took a, a few minutes for your defense to rest, get some fluids, maybe make some adjustments. You know, three and outs kill your adjustments. You don't get to make any. Yeah. You can barely get a word out, and then you got to get back on the field. And I think Shuck's accuracy, which sometimes gets questionable. We've yeah. talked about that. 
know, that's going to be a big key if we can run it and then Chuck can be accurate to help move those chains. Yeah. Just thinking of those little out passes, you know, oh. when you get to a 35 and you just oh. need that, that little out pass that you get six yards, to get you that first down. He needs to be able just to get hit those, bud. get, be able to move the chains on those situations where you should be able to just deliver an accurate ball. But yeah, you know, consistent drives it's the, one of the other things you've heard us talk about on this podcast many times throughout the season is being able to sustain drives yeah. not needing to score on them every single time but doing more than going three and out actually putting pressure on the defense giving your defense a chance to rest and, and get ready for their next possession so and a lot all of key you, things there like if you go back through the year and this is just off the top of my head like more of your better offensive games and your scoring drives came off long, like 10, 12, 18 play drives. Like yeah. you kept moving the ball. I mean, your two scoring drives at Iowa state were like both 10, mm-hmm. 10 plus play drives. Double the other ones were yeah. three to five plays. Yep. Like you got to have the long play Balance. drives, move the chains, take the time off the clock. Yeah. Not the real short crap. It can't be either or. It can't be we're scoring or we're punting it in three plays. It's it's got to be more of a balance, more of an in between. Um, who do you who do you think starts? Who do you think starts Saturday? Uh, I think Shep yeah. starts. I don't think it's I, a question. I mean, I think Morton's on deck and ready. Yeah, but I I think it's Shuck and let the let the chips fall where they may. I mean, he's led you to three straight victories down the end of the season. Played pretty well. So I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it either. Yeah, I'm with you there. I fully expect him to be the one starting. I'm curious to see now, now that Morton's probably back to healthy, like if we keep kind of doing some of those two quarterback packages once we get in the red zone that you saw us do uh, against Oklahoma, or if that was kind of more of the skill set for Donovan. Um, yeah, I definitely, definitely think so. Package. Yeah. But I, I'm curious to see kind of what they do with Barron. It'll be interesting. But yeah, Shuck kind of, I think deserves the nod here. His yeah. it was his play that ended up getting you to bowl eligibility and getting you that huge win against Oklahoma. So, uh, will be fun for him to to get that bowl game start after a kind of uh, tumultuous career here at Texas Tech due to basically injuries. But uh, will be cool for him. Let's flip it to the other side of the ball. Defensively, we talked about the uh, running game, but just kind of. Do you expect the typical bend don't break Texas Tech defense this week, Dustin? <laughs> yes, and that's actually my next point. You know, I mentioned a lot of their running game. How do we try to corral that? This is going to be similar to, like the Texas game. Like they have an offense similar to Texas, like big run game and then big like play action over the top type offense, like Sarkeesian likes down there. And so, like, can we not let them just bust a big fifty-yard bomb down the field on for play action? But their like offensive weakness is their red zone offense. Yeah. And that's been our strength on defense. That's been strength. Our yeah. red zone defense. Yeah, so. So maybe we just, you know, it's okay. Let them get in there and then just bow up. <laughs> Hope yeah. for a field goal. Like that's really going to be a big key is like no big plays to just let them score 50, 60 yards. Right. Make them work for it. Make them earn it. Make them go on this big ass long, long yeah. drive. Get impatient, hopefully. And yeah. then, bow up in the red zone and try to stuff them like we've done a lot yeah. this year Yeah, get some stops maybe they go for it on a fourth down you get a stop there maybe they miss a field goal you know you're, you're just and then they can't get in yeah just you know your defense has given you the chances there but yeah i expect that i expect a bend don't break performance from them 
Um, you know, Ole Miss can run the ball, and and as we've seen all season long, the best running backs kind of have torched you. Um, so yeah. if if you're able to slow them down, I expect you to have a really good opportunity to win this game. But it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, like you said, if they struggle in the red zone, that's great for us because we're, we're we've been really good. Once you get inside the twenty, if we're able to stop them, that gives you a chance. Hold them to field goals, and you score touchdowns. Seven's more than three, so. Let's get on to our predictions for the last time yeah. this season, the last time of 2022 until the 2023 season. Dustin, your final defensive prediction in this Texas Tech, Texas Act Bowl game. Going back to my probably best one I've had all year is the D-line. Even without Tyree Wilson, I'm going to go with four sacks in this game thinking we're able to corral their run game and make them throw a little more than they should. And then we kind of get to their quarterback a little bit and get four sacks on their ass. All right. I like it. I'm going back to the turnover. Well, and just cause I want us to end, I want us to end the season on, on a, on a positive note and turnovers. Uh, I'm going to say we get at least one turnover in this game. I'm, I'm not going to be greedy. I'm not going to be greedy. I'm just going one, which sometimes is very tough for us to get just one turnover. Um, and one of the guys who got the most of your turnovers isn't playing for you now in Reggie Pearson, who probably led you in turnovers this season. Side so. note, how about him going to Oklahoma Yeah, where he knocked out their quarterback to win that game basically? And then yeah. he's going to go there? Come My on. biggest problem with it was that he put that hit in his commitment video. You can't put a co- – <laughs> I didn't see that. You can't put up. you depleting, destroying <laughs> the quarterback of the team that you're committing to. You just can't do that. Even though it was a great play, you got to leave that one out of there. You got to leave that oh, one out of there. That's messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. And, and it was like zoomed in, like he did that play like two or three times in that in that uh, little highlight commitment video. I was like, "Damn, dude!" Um, uh, like that's pretty cold. Uh, so offensively, Dustin, your offensive prediction for this game? I'm gonna take one out of your book. I feel like you like to do this a lot, so maybe I'm just stealing yours. Who knows? I'm gonna go with the rushing attack getting 180 yards on the ground. Right. That is just a team total combined. Team total, yeah. It's basically, like Sarad, Brooks, and Shuck, yeah. all their legs. How many yards can they get? I'm going. I'm feeling 180 on this one. Okay, I like that. Yeah, that is very out of my playbook. Uh, I'm gonna go with the 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 starting QB Tyler Shuck in this one. I'm gonna say he gets a rushing touchdown. And at least two passing touchdowns. Oh, I think yeah. I like he's going to have and two passing and at least well, be better. Yeah, be yeah, sure. yeah. So that's my offensive prediction. All right, Dustin, your score prediction: yeah. Texas Tech, Ole Miss. What you got? We are three point underdogs in this yep. game. But like you know, especially the last half of the season, I have not swayed away from us. I'm feeling good about this one. I'm not going as high scoring as I have in the past. I feel like I get carried away a lot in my scores and, you know, end up in the 40s and whatnot. I'm going to keep in the low 30s. I think Texas Tech wins 34 to 30. <laughs> I had the exact same thing written down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's double down. Woo! 34 to 30. There it is. I don't know how we get to 30 on the other side, but I don't care. <laughs> 
It's easy. You got it's easy. You goal. just have like a, a misfield goal or something like that. Yeah. Goal. That's 30. Boom. Yeah, you, a lot of red zone stops or they miss an extra point or something like that. See, that's what then, I'm thinking is Kiffin's going to want to go for two at some point. Yeah. And then he's going to miss it, and then their scoring's all screwed up. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, 34-30. I guess we, we're Let's both go. riding with that Let's prediction. Ride. I'm not changing it now. All right, cool. So here, here we've got 34-30, Texas Tech winning the Texas Act Bowl, going out of the 2022 season in style with another bowl victory over an SEC team uh, and riding that momentum into uh, year two of the Joey McGuire era. Any little last bits information or anything you have on the Texas Act Bowl, Dustin? Or the Tax no. Act Texas Bowl. That's just tongue yeah, twister. Mouthful. No, I just hope, you know, if a lot of Tech fans are going down there. Y'all be safe, especially if you're down in Houston, go out to the game, support the Red Raiders. So really cool for all the players also from Houston. Yeah. Those uh, white practice helmets with the Houston skyline, those are pretty sick. Little Houston tribute there. Um, so, yeah, our team's done really well with representing Houston and Tech. So yeah. fans go out and support those guys on Wednesday night. Yeah, jealous of you guys who get to go there. Uh, if you are able and you got a wristband for our friends over at Rambling yeah. Raiders, go to their tailgate. Uh, we can't be there due to, you know, travel issues and and jobs and all sorts of other kind of life things right now that are going on um but if you are a listener of of tailgate talks and are going to that you know represent us there have a good time go say what up to jackson and the boys uh they're all really cool guys so uh go go enjoy that tailgate and then go watch texas tech beat ole miss uh and enjoy yourselves enjoy the time um that you have there in houston support Red Raiders and Red Raider Nation, I'm sure it's going to be quite a scene there. Lots of Texas Tech fans on Twitter I'm seeing going to be there, so it should be a great time. But that'll do it for us on the Texas Bowl. Um, we will wrap it up next week uh, in 2023, uh, breaking down what happens in the game. Um, but before we get out of here for this week and for the year, we've got some basketball to discuss as conference play is rapidly approaching. So let's go over to the hardwood and discuss some Texas Tech basketball. Well, Dustin, you got to go see Texas Tech demolish Houston Christian, formerly known as Houston Baptist, 111 to 67 uh, this past Wednesday. I uh, just wanted to get any thoughts you had on this game before we kind of look ahead at what's next for the Red Raiders. No, it's really nice just to sit back and relax. Yeah. The game should handle and you handled appropriately. It's also nice that you didn't have another starter just show up in a boot because he sprained his ankle in practice. You know, Jalen Tyson was out there looking strong. Bacho came back. He came off the bench, but whatever. No yeah. one cares. Uh, I just liked that he was running up down the floor with no no limp or anything. Like, he was usual Bacho out there. And so, it's pretty easy, easy dub, especially when you saw, like, some of their starters and guys that played a lot were uh, kind of undersized white guys that played too much for this, right. at this level. <laughs> so yeah. you kind of knew how it was going to go. So it was pretty nice to handle that. And like yeah, back-to-back so, back 100-point games. 
Yeah, yeah, back to back hundred point games. I think this is the first time you've done that since like the nineties or eighties yeah. or something like that. It's been a long time since you're able to do that. Anytime you're able to score hundred points, it's nice. Kind of doesn't matter who you're playing, uh, especially when you've watched our offense at certain points this season. Uh, and I think that we'd be doing that. I I would have I would have called you a liar at some if you would have told me we'd have done that. Um, but you know some stats from this game: Kevin O'Banner doing the usual twenty two points, nine rebounds. Um, Bacho in his uh, first game back had a double double 12 points 10 rebounds um, you also had Davion Harmon had a pretty solid game 22 points nine assists I was really hoping that he would get to the double digits and assist there get a double double that way I don't remember the last time we've had somebody get a double digits assist <laughs> as a Red Raider uh, but he had probably his most impressive performance I think as a Red Raider to date uh, was really just pretty good for you offensively and he is a fast break wizard i i feel like when he's in the fast break he's so fast he's always in control he makes the right decisions uh so that's been really fun to watch from him uh Kerwin walton having another successful three-point shooting day two threes eight points for him uh kj allen followed up his 15 point performance he had six points for you on three or four shooting um, Jalen Tyson, 11 points, had some nice ones. Pop Isaac's kind of starting to struggle a, a little bit from shooting. He's he's had a couple of bad three-point shooting performances, but was able to get two to go, six points from him. Robert Jennings, eight points for you. So some nice performances for the guys there uh, in what was their you know, last game before the Christmas break. And they will have one more little tune-up before conference play hits when uh, on Tuesday – they take on South Carolina State. Um, before we get ready for the big one, we'll kind of just wash over that. We expect us to go out, handle business, take care of South Carolina State. But then the real tests begin as Big 12 conference play is set to begin. Um, Texas Tech against the TCU Horn Frogs, currently ranked 18th in the country. Uh, we take them on on New Year's Eve. So, uh, last game of 2022 before 2023 against the Horn Frogs. Dustin, how are you feeling about conference play looming in this matchup with uh, the 10 and one Horn Frogs, who have kind of figured things out after a little bit of a bumpy start to the season? It'll be interesting. Obviously, like you've had a lot of kind of super cupcake games the last few weeks. You know, you had a, a decent hard beginning of non-conference. Now you've yeah. eased up a lot. But you're healthy for now, so let's hope that keeps up. And then, I mean, like we always say, Big Twelve play. There's no, there's no days off. I mean, you can't, can't slack on anybody. TCU has a great guard. Um, he's slipping my name right now. What's his freaking name? Mike Miles. Yeah, I was gonna say Mike Miner, but I was like, I know that's like a pitcher in baseball or something. <laughs> I was close, but like they have a all conference players those kind of players can win games on their own almost in this league so you gotta try to lock him down grab rebounds we'll see um how we start off and how our young guys handle it too yeah tcu was one of the kind of sexy picks at the beginning of the season right they returned all their starters from a team that was really close to making it to the sweet 16 last year and really haven't lived up to that hype just yet um but yeah they've got guys who can put the ball in the basket and um, you haven't played great in Fort Worth as of late, kind of struggling there. 
losing last year, losing the year before that. I can't remember. I think the last time you might have got a win there was in 2019, your your title run season. Um, and so it, it'll obviously be a, a tough game, a stupid court. I always hate when we play on that court. Oh, yeah, um, their court's like so white. Like it's, it's super white. It's super bright. I hate, uh, <laughs> I hate watching that. It's just not good on the eyes watching. Their court is worse than Oklahoma State's just – you know that TV angle at Oklahoma State. Like, yeah, you're about to fall on the court. Like those two courts are really hard to watch away games on. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not appealing at all. Um, but you know, I my big thing that I'm kind of watching for in that game specifically is just can your offense kind of keep up what it's been doing recently? Yeah. Like, was this just a you were caught fire for a couple games and you had had some offensive success or is this something real and tangible that you can take with you yeah. and kind of go into conference play with this ability? Oh, we can score points and play good defense. Like we're going to be able to do the same. We're going to attack you on both ends because it's felt real different watching those last two games. The offense feels completely different. It feels more aggressive. It's in attack mode almost instantly and you're putting up shots at a higher rate. You're, you're getting opportunities and it's just completely changed the identity of this team if you're able to do that. And if you're able to go in and do that against Fort Worth, I'll be feeling a lot better about this team uh, as conference play begins if you're able to go and kind of replicate similar offensive performance and not really struggle like you've seen us do in the past. So that's what I'm watching for uh, on New Year's Eve on Texas Tech's first game against Big 12 uh, play as the 18-round fights begin um, always a stressful but fun time, so can't wait to get Big 12 uh, season tipped off. Dustin, any final thoughts you have on the basketball team? No, good luck to them. I'll, I'll be out at the uh, Spirit Arena tomorrow. You're going to meet me in Club Red and buy me a $10 Ultra. I'd appreciate it. Yeah, go 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 buy your boy Dustin at an Ultra. Um, this will be the last game that I really won't be attending as the conference play starts. I'll, I'll be there a lot more uh so looking forward to that um but we are back to giving out shot bets this week as texas tech football is playing and there's college football playoffs coming up this weekend too so uh, let's go take some shot bets dustin so we've had some time off from some shot bets as texas tech football season came to an end we kind of took a break reset ourselves on the shot bets but texas tech football is back in action so shot bets are back in action so texas tech versus ole miss last i checked ole miss is a three and a half point favorite so dustin going off of your score prediction i'm assuming you've got texas tech covering uh plus three and a half you bet and I do as well as I am riding with Texas Tech to win this game. I'm going to take that plus three and a half uh, on the Texas Tech side. Uh, college football playoff game on New Year's Eve is happening as you know, the Red Raiders play basketball. But the college football playoff will be beginning. And there is a Big 12 representative in the TCU Horn Frogs as they face the Michigan Wolverines. So this would be a fun college football playoff shot bet to do. So we'll throw this in for this weekend. Texas Christian versus Michigan. Michigan currently a seven and a half point favorite. Dustin, what side of this shot bet you going? I know seven and a half seems like a lot of points. But I think Michigan is dominant. And TCU has gotten lucky a lot this year with 
the personnel they have matched up to play, especially on yeah. the quarterback side of things. They have honestly struggled with most teams, even though they have pulled out games. You got to give them credit for that. But I think Michigan will dominate them, win by 20 plus. I'm taking the Wolverines. All right, 20 plus. I like immediately thought that, and I was like, dang, TCU might be able to cover that with like some, some like late touchdown trying to get back in the game, right? Like it's a, uh, it's like a 14 point game, and they get a touchdown there to try to make it close at the end. But I'm with you. I think Michigan is too much for TCU. Uh, a team that we were competitive with and could have beaten, maybe everybody beaten if, <laughs> if, yeah, if a couple calls go right. So I don't necessarily see them getting through or keeping it that close. So I'm going to ride as with you as well. Michigan minus seven and a half on that one. So to repeat our shot bets for this week, me and Dustin both taking Texas Tech plus three and a half, and both of us are taking Michigan minus seven and a half to. Uh, beat TCU to move on to the college football final final speaking of final final shots for this week final shots for 2022 Dustin what do you got real quick NFL one it is coaching firing time in oh NFL. yeah it is heating up on the seats for all these coaches already Matt Rule got fired weeks ago and side note there Carolina Panthers, since firing Matt Rule, have been really good and might make the playoffs by winning yeah. in the FC South. They traded, got rid of their coach, traded their best player, and then got better. Yep. So, so that says a lot. And then Nathaniel Hackett of the Broncos gets fired Monday morning. Shocking. <laughs> Does a terrible job with Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, that whole big-time big time offense, whatever you want to call them. They are terrible. Literally like Sean McVay makes Baker Mayfield – look like a pro bowler all of a Hang sudden 50 on them. And so Daniel acted. See ya after not even a full year of being the head coach. And there's already been plenty of rumors of Cliff Kingsbury will be done at the end of the year also. So expect him gone. And I mean, there's usually, you know, seven, eight, nine jobs open every year, even some you don't expect. So, I mean, the saints job might be open. The chargers job, is starting to get kicked around, and there's As already a Peyton destination, a Sean Peyton destination. Already, how'd you know where that was going? Sean Peyton is already assembling a coaching staff, huh? Funny. Denver. I feel like Denver. I feel like he's got to be. He's got to be really smart about this because, like, you don't want to just take a job, uh, no, just to have a job. I would take you wanna... the Chargers job first with Justin oh, Herbert. hundred percent, hundred percent. That's that that's comes the... open. That's by far the best job. Yeah. I, that Denver job's tough with Russ and how you got to deal with him and how he wants to play and how he can play yeah. is a question now. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of other jobs that are kind of just like, meh. Yeah. You know? I mean, even like going back to the Saints, kind of meh. Like, oh, the meh. Saints are big time meh. If you can get a quarterback there, maybe it changes it. But, you know, it's such a quarterback disaster right now. Be on the lookout for your your team if they're mediocre or terrible to uh, switch coaching staffs. And that's a very quick coaching carousel because that's always fun to watch. I just want to get one last shot in on Nathaniel Hackett because we'll never get to talk about him again as a head coach. Just what a disaster. (laughs) Like like everybody knew week one, like, oh, shit. (laughs) They missed the big time. There were so many weeks they were like, oh, my God, glaring. Just what is he doing? Like, I 
don't coach football, obviously. I just watch it, but I feel like I could have done a better job than he did at some of those moments. Like, yeah. dude, time clock management, how are you so bad at that? How are how was he so awful at it from the get-go? Uh just baffling. So was not shocked to see him go. Um was definitely one of the funniest coaching decisions things that we've seen play out in real time. Um and we've had a lot of those. Urban I Meyer. Just, I'm tired of got guys getting hired when they're the offensive coordinator for a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. Like he was the OC for Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers can make you look really good. Yeah, like Adam Gase. Manning got Adam Gase hired twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs> look how bad he was. Uh, like, I'm tired of that. Like, oh, their offense is good. He can call plays. Well, yeah, it's not yeah. that hard to call It's plays Peyton Manning Rodgers calling the plays. <laughs> and Peyton Manning, when they have options when they get on the field and know how to read a defense better than almost anybody ever yeah. and can have an arm better than anybody, like, that makes your job a lot easier. Quit Freaking Josh voice. McDaniels is still getting coaching jobs over over coaching Tom Brady. We're like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh. I mean, Man. Just NFL owners, NFL GMs are just look at just baseline crap like that, and they're like, oh yeah, go ahead, you can be our coach. Yeah. Well, speaking of NFL, my final shot will be fantasy playoffs. This is the semifinal uh, I week. I don't for- want to talk about it. Uh, Dustin obviously frustrated by his, but your boy looking like he's heading to two championships in fantasy if things play themselves out right. So uh, exciting times to uh, for me, and we'll be having to make some tough decisions next week on some players as uh, make it to the championship. And already can see the guys that my the guys uh, who they're facing off aren't great matchups. So we'll see how that goes, but. Uh, definitely a stressful weekend watching games, praying for Ryan Suckup to drill some field goals last night just to give me a little more of a cushion. Um, so fantasy playoffs coming to an end next week. Uh, always a fun, fun thing to get involved in. Get kind of sad every time the fantasy season comes to a close, but a little stress off, a little stress off my back once it's completely yeah, a lot over. Of the cold weather screwed me in my big time yeah. guy. So that really hurt. So I'm headed to third place. I got to survive a horrible Devontae Adams performance. 2.5 points from Devontae Adams. Uh, Unbelievable. But that will do it for us in 2022. Dustin going out with a bang there. Uh, (laughs) We appreciate you guys, uh, all of our tailgate crashers who gave us a listen in 2022, who joined the tailgate in 2022, who uh, sent it a a cold beer to us when we're out crashing tailgates this year. We've enjoyed uh, this year with you guys, and uh, we're looking to hopefully a bright 2023 with more tailgate crashers, more fans, more people to join in on all the fun we're trying to do here and continue to grow the tailgate talks brand with the nation and you know all that the nation is doing. So excited for that. Uh, and to catch everything that we are doing in 2023, you got to follow us. Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the tailgate. And if you listen to us on Apple, you can write us a review. Also, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter. That's where we are the most active. We are there at tailgate underscore talks. You can also follow our Facebook and Instagram pages as well. And give that YouTube channel a follow as well to catch Uh, clips from each week's episodes we appreciate y'all listening to 
us talk a little Texas Tech football and Texas Tech basketball this week. We hope you enjoy watching the Texas Bowl and watching Texas Tech face the Ole Miss Rebels. Catch us next week where we will be recapping that game and recapping Texas Tech's start in the Big 12 Conference. As always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate.